In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Hey there, everybody. It's your good buddy, Andrew Langer, here. And I apologize. I know it's been a couple of weeks since Jerry and I have done an episode, but uh, there's been a lot going on, uh, a lot uh, going on family-wise with me. Um, And as you can tell, may be able to tell, I am losing my voice. So, (laughs) So we fell off on doing an episode this week. That being said, we had some breaking news last night into this morning. Um, it is being reported that uh, Rana Romney McDowell is going to be out uh, at uh, the as the RNC chair, and a guy named Michael Watley is the, um, uh, the presumptive replacement for her, uh, and is apparently being pushed by Donald Trump. I have known Michael Watley for many years, and just a little while ago, Jerry reminded me that Michael sat down with us at CPAC last year for an interview. So he encouraged me, and he was absolutely right, to go and grab that interview and share it all with you. It's about uh, 13 minutes long, so without further ado, uh, here is Jerry and Mai's conversation with Michael Watley from February of 2023. Oh my God, Michael Watley, sit your down in the chair. Jerry, I'm sorry. We're calling so an audible this in the story. From the Irish, the, the Irish no. dance guy. Yes, Michael Watley. He does the dance. I'm going to introduce this. This is Michael Watley. He's chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party, recently installed as the general counsel of the Republican National Committee. Very nice. My good friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I didn't know you were going to be here. It is, uh, you know, you have to make CPAC. Time out. You are going to be the arbiter of this. Last night, I'm at the Belvedere Bar. I see one of our Ben's brothers there. And I don't I actually don't think I can say his full name on there because it would break the bonds of the Ben's Brotherhood. He is he is rather overserved and celebratory. Brings me over allegedly, to meet allegedly. allegedly he was overserved. I don't know if he was. And 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 he walks off. He'd been hanging out with a couple from North Carolina, from western North Carolina. So deep woods North Carolina. With a, with a couple from South North from, Carolina. From North Carolina. And so I go back to sit at my table with some folks, and the North Carolina guy comes over and he goes, Hey, your buddy. He just walked out on paying his bill. And well, the waitress is really angry. I know, I know this guy, and I know, given his condition, I know. And so I reached into my I wallet, and I paid his bill. bill. Was I right to pay his bill? You did the right thing. You did the right thing. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, here's what I would have done. Payback's a bitch. What I, what, what I would have right? what, yeah. what done was I would have said to this the North Carolina guy, you're sitting with them. You're having drinks with them. You pay the well, bill. It was just happenstance that they were sitting there. I think it was literally a situation where here's here's brother who's newly and engaged. We're, we're sitting Michael's time now, but let me tell no, you something real quick. No, this if, is if I if I talk about there and Andrew Langer is there and Andrew Langer has a couple three drinks and then forgets to pay his bill and the waitress saw us together came over to me and said, "Hey, you but I pay it." Right. Not even no second. However, if you were sitting with uh, Michael Watley for a bunch for a while and then and then and then you left and then michael comes over to me and says hey andrew didn't pay his bill i'm like mike god bless you you're paying it right but but you know but michael would pay the bill if they, right, 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 right. he would turn around he would turn around anyway michael congratulations was, on on your yes. new installment as general counsel this is exciting news first of all it's funny because i've literally been saying 
I used to say that every, I used to think the Maryland Republican Party was the most screwed up Republican Party in the country until I looked at every other Maryland Republican Party with very few exceptions. And when I talk about that now, I say one of the few exceptions is the North Carolina Republican Party under your leadership has done great work. Yeah. Talk about what you've done in North Carolina. And then I want to, we want to talk about the uh, RNC. Look, if you think about how to win an election, there are three critical elements. Yeah. Number one, candidates campaigns you have to have a great candidate run a great campaign you cannot win period without it you need to get out the vote you need to protect the ballot yeah you know it is not rocket science it it is hard right but it's not complicated you know and 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 for us in north carolina we've got 100 counties in this last election cycle in the midterms yes eight thousand grassroots volunteers making phone calls and and knocking on doors Five and a half million voter contacts, right? Yeah. My favorite statistic in all of politics, if you have a five-minute conversation with an undecided voter, they are 6% more likely to go vote and vote for your candidate. Wow, there you go. Five and a half million voter contacts, that's a lot of five-minute conversation. Absolutely. We had 11,000 volunteers that worked on election day as part of our ballot protection team. We had lawyers, we had judges, we had observers, we had workers. And we've covered 25,000 shifts on election day. Awesome. You, you, you know, it is about pulling the grassroots sure. together, working with the county and the state parties to make sure they're in the right place and they're trained and you can get these results. How are you going to be replicating this going into 2024? You know, I will say this. I'm very excited about the role as general counsel because yeah. one of the things that, that we can do is go to all of our other battleground states yeah. and say, Here's the election integrity program that we built in North Carolina. You need to have a system that's going to be very similar. You know, we built it. We built an early vote program. It was the first time we've ever won early voting in the state history in 2020. Let's have that conversation around the country. Good point here because you know, post uh, 2022 midterms, you and I on our radio shows on the podcast talked a lot about uh, how uh, Republicans in other states broadly uh did not engage did not embrace early voting and it's a mistake you know the, the, the d's are good at it uh if we want to continue to win and build a majority we're going to have to get get good at it too we yeah. really do right. you know and and it's not a matter of having to move people from election day to early it's it's about using the early vote Right. to be able to get new people to the poll that yes. aren't going to vote on election day. Right. And you right. do want to bank your votes, right? Yes, you know, of course. Weapons, accidents happen. So if you can get them to vote early, so much the better. But we're also reaching out to an entirely new audience. The other big thing, North Carolina, 55% of our voters vote before election day. Wow. If we're wow. not talking to them, absolutely, we're not targeting them early, right? and we're saving all of our conversations for election day, Half the people vote without us telling them who to vote for. Right. Or telling them about our offering information. Yes. Listen, I dare say at this point in time, you are the most successful of the Ben's brothers. I I don't think that's overstating this as I sort of go through the the list here. And so we're very, very proud of you for the work that you're doing. How do you and how have you? One of the great problems that plagues state, and I'm going to say the Democrats have this problem too, state political party systems is the interpersonal garbage that goes on. How have you as party chair, I don't know, maybe you have, but it seems to me you have been able to transcend that. How have you done that? You know, I, I, I work with all of our counties. We've yeah. got 100 counties in North Carolina. I've visited every single county twice. Right. We've done, we've done the statewide tour every election cycle. We're going to be back out on the road even this year with it. 
And and the key is understanding, yes, we have donors. Yes. yes, we have grassroots activists. Yes, we have party leaders. We need all three. Yes. And we have to have all three. And I think it's just making sure that you're not pitting the donors versus the right. activists versus the party leaders. You got to get them all on one side. You know, and look, shoot the Democrats. Yes. They don't need to be shooting at each other. You know, I, I'm sorry, Jerry. You got to. No, I, 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 if you were a pastor, I'd be saying amen. You and because, I. Because Republicans have a big problem. I was even saying to Andrew early, I, I, I'm an editor at Real Clear Policy. And so, you know, part of being here is covering. And I go through uh, center right venues and journals and newspapers. And even there's a lot, there's, there, there are Wait. so many pot shots for no reason. Wait. Like for no good reason. Speaking of which, I, this was brought to my attention this morning. I was totally unaware of this. Are you aware that the Never Trumpers are doing a conference right now? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D down in D.C. There's a the bulwark is doing some kind of counter programming to CPAC, which is which is. Yes. Yeah, James is shaking his head here. I mean, listen, part of the problem and this gets into this is. And actually, I'm going to talk to you about this. You see, the bulwark should come here. And right. I agree wholeheartedly. Have a conversation. Exactly what they should have do. an argument. But but my my point, my point is one of the things Jerry and I have been talking about. And again, pushing back to Maryland, were are the folks and were the folks and are the folks who are conservatives, at least nominally conservative. They tell them they tell everybody that they're conservatives, but they won't vote for a candidate or do the work for a candidate or support a candidate because they don't like the guy or the girl or what have you. Are you seeing that more nationwide? I mean, one of the things we talk about is, you know, the folks who say, oh, well, what was the, what was the line that that our that our friends to use the air quotes here were using? Um, I, I won't support uh, him because it's principle over party or, or what? What, or what some nonsense? Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you get beyond that with the folks who are like, well, your guy stood next to this guy and I don't like this guy. And because he supported that guy, I'm not going to support your guy. Yeah. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a binary choice. Right. You're going to vote for a Republican or you're going to vote Amen. for a Democrat, yes. you know, and we've made it very clear in North Carolina that we were running on a family first agenda. We were talking about the issues that North Carolina voters care about, not just Republican voters. Right. Not just, you know, right. unaffiliated voters, even the Democratic voters. Right. I mean, when you're talking about jobs in the economy, when you're talking about public safety, when you're talking about schools and education, it doesn't matter if you're rural right. or urban or suburban. Everybody cares about those issues. 100%. Then. And you just have to communicate with people about the issues that they care about, Under, not the, about the what you want to preach and, and now you just said the second thing, right? So the first thing is engage those early voters. The second thing is, yes, the Democrats have done a horrible job with the economy with uh, myriad issues, health care, et cetera. Uh, but you can't beat something with nothing. And you're right. Our issues on kitchen table uh, topics uh, appeals to everyone. Yeah. Singles, yeah. marries, uh, D's, R's, uh, left of center, right of center, those who care about uh, education. It's it's a broad, uh, a broad message. We need to do a better job. Not you, but but broadly we, speaking, absolutely. we need to do a better we job. Do, you know, look, and yeah. in the in the short term, negative politics, negative attacks work, right? Yeah. You can knock somebody down. But in the long term, you have to right. be for something. Right. And I would just prefer that we as a party are going to focus on our families. Yeah, I agree. How are, are, are school board elections in North Carolina partisan? They're nonpartisan. They, they're part of they're a combination. It's okay. on a county by county basis. But we are coming out of this election cycle, got Republican majorities on 57 
of our county school boards there the you most go. we have ever had. Wow. And we got, you know, we're, and I'm excited about yeah. this. You know, I mean, you go back to that election in Virginia in 2021, right. where this became the issue. Yes. Yeah. And we we wanted to make sure in North Carolina that education was a huge part of what we're doing. We actually set up and ran a boot camp, a, a campaign boot camp for our, our county school board candidates there you across go. the state and, and really kind of sat down with them and said, these are the steps that we need you to work with your county parties on to make sure that had, you're out there. Had you been pursuing the idea of running for chair or were you sort of pulled into it? I mean, how did this come about? You would, for those of you who don't know, Mike, Mike is a seasoned DC policy professional uh, uh, doing good work for many, many years. You went back to North Carolina um, but did, did you, did you get pulled into this or was this something I you, did get you, pulled into it? You know, we had a certain former resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue sure. who, uh, when, when my predecessor stepped down, uh, made, made it clear that, uh, I should go talk to my wife and, uh, <laughs> Very nice. going to be running for chair. That's that, that is awesome. Well, listen, Michael Watley, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. We wish you the best of luck we do. in, in this. I know we waylaid you as you were walking by. Personally, I appreciate you coming in and saying that I'm right about this situation with our Ben's brother. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he won't let it go. No, I won't. Listen, just like you won't let go the whole New York City, Manhattan versus the city. But, but I love Andrew, but he's wrong about a lot of things. Yes, yes. That's that's <laughs> which which should be a whole podcast title itself. But Michael, listen. Awesome. It's so good to see you guys. Good. I, you a good I fight. appreciate God that. Bless you, Michael. All right, take so, care. There you go. Well, that was uh, our interview with Michael Watley. We'll see if he is going to be the uh, uh, the uh, RNC chairman. Um, and if he is, you know, it would be, well, it would be kind of fun to see him again at uh, CPAC. We will be getting him back on either our show or on uh, the Lunch Hour podcast, probably both, hopefully both. Uh, but listen, I appreciate your patience and understanding in all of this. I'm going to speak for both myself and Jerry here and use his tagline first to find your truth, plant your feet and stand firm. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun and please stay safe.